Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Hey, guys, I'm Amanda. And I'm Jen. And And you're listening to Fathomless. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome to Fathomless. Welcome back to Fathomless. Guys, Jen got fucking married. Again. Again. <laughs> well, not same guy. It's Jen's second marriage. It's his second marriage, the same man. It was beautiful. I totally did not sob the entire ceremony. Well, I blacked out the entire room around me and just like tried to focus on Andrew and what Susie was saying. Your and... vows were beautiful. Yeah, you think so? You too. Yeah. Beautiful. You. They I were tried. just so touching. The whole thing was just beautiful. You all should have been there. <laughs> all of you. I mean, some people could have been there. <laughs> yeah. And they weren't. But, yeah. you know, you know, move on from Wouldn't things. be a wedding without a little bit of drama, yeah. as per usual. Yeah. But yeah. it was a magical fucking night. Good. The weather was perfect. Everyone loved the... I think the two most compliments I got were on the food, which says everything. Oh, yeah. And my earrings. Oh, your earrings are beautiful. People loved my earrings. So Everything about you was beautiful. It was really hard to, like, process my own wedding from, like... Because I felt like I was an outsider because I was just constantly just, like, trying to, like, say hi to everyone. And that was, like, my whole night was saying hi to everyone. Just greeting people. Yeah. And then I was, like... Okay, well, no one's gonna dance if the bride's not dancing. So I had to like stay on the dance floor the rest of the night, <laughs> which I'm glad you did. Yeah, because it was so much fun. So, but it does go by super fast. But it was such a great day. But now I'm ready to kind of, you know, move on to the next chapter in life. I'm in my homeowner era. Yep. I want to like redo my floors. She's and- entering her <laughs> stay-at-home grandma phase. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, pretty much. I walk around my house in my cardigan and go to bed with a cup of tea at 8 p.m. And <laughs> Love it. Love it. But yeah, so I had my wedding. <laughs> it was beautiful. We, last night, the last song of the night was fucking great. Oh, it my was, God. This okay, is wait, what wait, dreams wait. are made of. Okay, you just put it out. Yeah, this is what dreams are made of by Hilary Duff. And I thought it was a great last song but my husband disagreed <laughs> really he was like yeah he was like he went up to the dj and he's like what's the last song and he was like fuck no play this too so he played a song to yeah um but i walked over the dj i was like this is not hillary duff and he, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like don't worry i'm gonna play it i was like you better i'm dead <laughs> yeah that because that's me and Amanda's like favorite movie to watch it is if you guys aren't jamming out Lizzie McGuire, or just you know, watching that movie yeah, every few watching months. that movie. <laughs> There's something wrong with you. Yeah, I, we were in North Carolina visiting my mom one time, and we just so this is like a year or two years ago, and we just so badly wanted to watch the Lizzie McGuire movie, and something with the internet just like wasn't working, and we were getting so yeah. heated. Her really, parents, we just want to watch Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> her parents live in like middle of bumfuck nowhere, like dairy farm north carolina <laughs> and yeah the wi-fi was like from like 1997 and just like was not her wi-fi wasn't even a thing back 
that yeah, we no, fuck am I talking was, about? I don't know you what guys the, know what I, I don't know mean. what the fuck was happening. The connection was shit, and it was just the cable box was not cooperating and wouldn't open Disney+. Plus. I think I think we were able to watch it, though. We did. We ended up getting to watch it. It just yeah. was it was way more of a process than it needed to My be. My parents, like, we're just, like, two girls. We were, like, 28. Just yep. Screaming, throwing screaming a fit. at the TV for Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Hillary, definitely love you. We love you. Oh my god, please! I would fucking die. <laughs> you probably will never ever die hear this of happiness. Podcast. Probably not. No, I love Lizzie McGuire. That was like my shit in the fifth grade. I was oh, obsessed. So great. You only know, only had like two seasons of the whole show. Yeah. Looking back on it, it seemed like they had so many. Oh, my God. It felt like it was, like, eight seasons minimum. No, but they were, like, it was, like, two seasons. Season was, like, 20-something episodes. Yeah. So, I guess it made up for it, but. Just so weird because it's, like, the opposite now. They'll do, like, a million seasons of shows, but every season like will have, episodes. like, eight to ten episodes, and they'll be, like, fucking 50 minutes each. And before, it was you got, like, 27 25 minute episodes in one season like it well, was like yeah Grey's like Anatomy goddamn anime Grey's Anatomy is like anywhere from like 21 to like 25 episodes a season and each episode is like 45 minutes like an hour long yeah and each season is like that's a lot yeah yeah but, like 25 I already said that but yeah but, yeah Buffy's like that where it's not I they still they make they it have worth like 23 it. but the episodes were all like 45 minutes yeah Wow. Oh, well, now that we just ranted about that. Sorry, I just had to blurt it right out that you about your wedding. Because... <laughs> that was the highlight of the month, I guess, was that the wedding. That's been the highlight. That's been like I'm the sorry, highlight of my year. I'm sorry, not Taylor Swift. Oh, it Taylor was not... Swift. Yeah, so I don't. I think last time we recorded was the morning I was going to it Taylor Swift. It was the Swift. morning you were going yeah, to Taylor Yeah, it fucking poured all night, so I had my outfit on, but I didn't like get my hair cute or anything because I knew it was going to rain, but I, I had a poncho on like the whole night, but it came to a point where the poncho didn't even fucking matter. I was like, my shoes were soaked. My socks were soaked. I was just spitting rain out of my face. It didn't matter. But I brought a pair of comfy clothes and a towel and a hairbrush and snacks. And There you so, go. You were yeah, prepared. I was prepared to, like, sit in the car after and just I wanted to brush my hair so bad. So made sure I had everything. So, but other than Taylor Swift and the wedding... I guess that's it. Amanda's got nothing going on. Yeah, nothing. Well, I mean, there are some things brewing. Brewing? Some, some artistic things brewing. Oh, yeah. So Amanda is an amazing artiste. <laughs> I she, am an artiste. Amanda can fucking paint. Like, I see your paintings, and I'm like, holy fucking shit. Like, that is amazing. I do. I'm so, on some Bob Ross level. We've been encouraging her to start doing, like, commission pieces or just, like, Make things to sell. I had her get make... my art out there. Yeah, I, I met... don't. I sit in my house and have it all here. I like never post. I know, it. right? I don't she do just puts anything. it on her own walls, and they're amazing. But like, she made a guestbook painting for my wedding. I had like a non-traditional guestbook. It was a painting. She fucking killed it, and she can do Thanks. so much. She she hosted a paint night at my bachelor. Like, she can do so many amazing little techniques. I. So, if you want to buy some art, hit up Amanda. Yeah. And Amanda's going to come up with a fun little name and make and an Instagram, maybe. And oh, I, yeah. Yeah, you got to start somewhere. We're working on it. But, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's the our, only thing I've got going on besides, like. Our podcast was just a thought at one point. Uh, exactly. And now, look at us. 
fucking doing the damn thing. We're doing it. We're not like crazy popular, but I. We're getting there. We're popular. Yeah. Like our dads are our biggest fans. Oh my God. Shout out to Ray and Steve, (laughs) who are our number one fans, and my sister Faith and my sister Megan. But we. Everyone at the wedding was like, we're going to listen. We're going to listen. So we'll fucking see. Our listens better go up weekly or I'm coming for all those people that said they were going to. We had like four podcast plugs at your wedding, too, because I said something about it in my maid of honor speech. Jen said something about it in her vows and her father said something about it in his speech. And your friends made me feel like a celebrity, too, because everyone came up to me and was like, oh, my God, you're the other half of the podcast. I love it. And oh, my God, who like, said that? I can't even remember. I, now I feel terrible because like they're probably of- listening now like, that was me. And I forget your name because I met so many fucking people in, like, 48 hours. And it was a lovely lady with blonde hair. The one with She glasses? was really cute. Yes. Maddie. Okay. That's it. Maddie, you're awesome. Yeah. That's Maddie. Yeah. Made me feel like Maddie lives in Arizona. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's a beautiful so fucking place. She can get some Arizona. The desert out there is wicked pretty. We're going there, I think, in a few months. Ooh. So, I'll yeah. just like hide in your suitcase. I, I I'll just like hide in your suitcase so casually. <laughs> I went to Arizona and San Diego when I was probably like 10 or 11. I had a nanny at that time that had family out there. So she took me out there. Oh, fun. With her daughter. And, um, I just remember being in awe of the desert because, like, as a child who grew up in New England, I had never seen so such, like, flat land with no fucking trees before besides, like, cranberry bogs. And it was just, like, it was majestic as fuck. Yeah. Also seeing, like, there was, like, little, like, wind farms where it's just, like, a bunch of, like, wind, like, um, those little, like, windmills, the little yeah. white ones, huh. all in, like, rows together. And cool. I remember seeing those all, you know, like like 50 of them in like a row, you know, just kind of just, you know, rotating in the wind. Just and I rotating was like, in the wind. <laughs> I was just like, whoa, Arizona, <laughs> the desert, so cool. Yeah. I know everyone like that comes here, like Andrews from the desert. They're like, it's so green up here. And I'm just like, now it I is, look around, I'm like, it is green, but it's like, it's very sandy never... in the desert. <laughs> Yeah, well, for two people who have never fucking left New England. <laughs> right, or have, but barely. Barely, barely. yeah. We've, like, I've dipped just, our toes yeah, in the waters barely. of other places. Yeah, but I don't know. We'll yeah. see. We really we'll leave get, the we'll East get Coast. Places we'll get places one day. <laughs> Honestly, that's, I got to get a passport this year. That's Me too. Been... I got to apply. We booked our honeymoon, so Ooh. I have to. Get on that shit. Get on it. I know. I got to do it, like, soon. I'll get it done. I'll get it done. Yeah. It's on my list. Now that the wedding's over, my to-do list is very short. There you go. All right. But now that we've bantered for like a good 15 minutes. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Let's get into it. Um, So I'm going to be taking the reins on this episode today, and we're going to be talking about some haunted cemeteries. Jen's got some spooky, scary stuff for us. In New England. So this is kind of a spur of the moment episode pick because one marriage other things in the brain and we we skipped a week because we were just so busy this month and also because you're listening to the newest card holder of the gilson public library i think i'm the coolest person ever because i have a library card in my new town so i 
grabbed a book. Where is it? So I basically got all this information from this one book. I thought it would just be a fun little episode um, to share some haunted cemeteries. Some of them have little legend stories that go along with them. So take everything with a grain of salt. Um, this book is called Haunted Cemeteries of New England. Stories, Stones, and Superstitions written by Roxy J. Zwicker. Yeah, it looks like Zwicker. Zwicker. Um, Wicker with a Z. So I'm just Wicker with a Z in the front. So I'm just going to shout out that book where I got all, all my information. Thanks, Wicker. That's my source. Um, I saw it, and I was like, it's a tiny little library, like Slim Pickens. So when I saw, they have Something a lot of, like. scary? Yeah, and they have, like, they have a fun little fiction section, and there's a book. It's fiction. I wish it was real, but it's called The Murder on Mount Monadnock. Ooh. And I was like, oh, I wish that was real because a murder, a murder, you say a murder. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So, but happy. no, but yeah, no. So I was like, ooh, I've been wanting to do like haunted cemeteries because um, if you didn't know, New England is fucking full of them. Are they? Yeah. What? You didn't know that? No. Yeah. Weird. You'll just, yeah. So it's crazy because Andrew was like, there's cemeteries just everywhere. It's just like, there's this one spot. I think it's like in East Taunton and there's like a baseball field and it's just like behind home plate. There's like five graves. I'm yep. like, that's the most random graveyard I've ever seen. So but a lot of them are random. Very funny because as a child who grew up in Plimpton, Massachusetts, I thought that random gravestones just being placed in strange places in the woods was a common thing. Um, it wasn't until I really started venturing out as an adult in Massachusetts and met people who didn't live in Massachusetts and I realized that that's not a common no, thing. No, not at all. Fucking at all. No. And I was like, what? Because I, I grew up with literally you could walk into the woods behind my and house be and there was, there was little random headstones like in oh, like yeah, groups so of like three, four, five. And what they are, they're actually called smallpox cemeteries. Yeah. That's what the uh, witch tree one is yes. too in Middlebar, right? And, yeah. And for those of you who aren't from New England and are like, what the fuck is that? Uh, essentially what it was was you know back in like the 1600s uh especially in super rural communities there wasn't like a town cemetery you know it was wicked small and people lived very far apart from each other and so people who lived out on these rural farms when their family members died they had like a family cemetery now i know family cemeteries are a, a common thing in the south but they're usually like all together like in, a like, plot in like a plot yeah so that wasn't really a thing. That you no, could it's just do like in five England. graves. And also yeah. it all depended on when they died too. Because if you died in the winter, you were just kind of getting like shoved somewhere and then you weren't getting buried until the summer because they could not dig into the ground. So they kind of just placed them wherever they could, which is why we have little random cemeteries that are just in weird spots everywhere. Yeah, it's crazy. There's a lot of places built around these yeah, little just built cemeteries. Around little, because you can't at that point, especially like when bodies are so badly decomposed, you really can't like exhume them and move them to another. Yeah, location just fucking safely. leave them. Exactly, and so also like you shouldn't be. That's pretty much the theme of digging these up a stories. grave and desecrating it anyway. So basically, all these graveyards that we're going to be talking about are haunted because of being moved and. Yeah. Misplaced and guys shouldn't be fucking moving this misnamed shit. Misnamed, just, just even. stop moving shit. 
All right. Are you ready? So I, so I'm this so book, I need to like renew this book again and like, or rent it out again because I'm sure you can renew it. I doubt people are lining up to, <laughs> to fucking read the haunted cemetery. Are you book. sure? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> three library members. I hate you. <laughs> Shit lives in a town with like a population of fucking 600 it's guys. Like, it's like 800. Get it right. <sighs> okay. It's I'm like so 800. <laughs> yeah. The library is open four days a week, like three hours at a time. Yeah. Yeah. It's not very happening. You're right. Anyway. So I feel like this could be like a recurring episode type thing. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, yeah. And we can go visit them, too. But I tried to pick one from every state, but it was hard because I got ahead of myself and I would be sitting here to you talking about cemeteries for like three hours. So I did majority from Massachusetts and then kind of bopped around New England and picked a couple interesting ones I thought were crazy. Amanda, um, you know of a couple of them. I saved them for the end. OK. Um, but you're going to be like, oh, yes, I remember. Um, so we're going to start. In Sagamore, Massachusetts, which Sagamore. is yep, which is a little like sub town of Bourne, Massachusetts. I know. It. Yep, yes. I know you know, but some people don't. Um, so we're gonna specifically be talking about the Sagamore Cemetery. So located on Route Six A in Bourne, Massachusetts, also known as the Gateway to Cape Cod, Bourne, <laughs> Bourne. Uh, Bourne is bordered by the towns of Plymouth and Wareham, and English colonists lived in Bourne as early as 1627. Sagamore Cemetery is a large and spacious burial ground and is home to this large, old, strangely shaped tree. Um, it, quote, looks as though it has swallowed many bodies over the years due to its eerily fascinating shapes. Fun. Yeah, I've never been to the cemetery. Is there a picture of it? Um, I, I didn't see. see this I didn't tree. see one in the back of the book, but I'll let you look. I'm gonna look this shit up. Yeah, I think we should just go. At some oh, point. we're definitely gonna go. And we're gonna say that to about every cemetery. We're, we gotta go. I'm gonna make a <laughs> we list. We gotta go there. <laughs> we our our field trip. Do these things. Our field trip list is very long. Um, very long. So the first burial was recorded in 1803, and. Like this grave, most of the gravestones date back to the 19th century. A handful of the bodies that are buried here were removed from the old Borndale Cemetery. Um, so that's, like I just said, you know, common theme, red flag, number one. You're moving bodies. Just dropped in the piece. Um, so they are moved from their old resting place. Um, and... Also, there seemed to be a little mix-up when placing the headstones with the correct bodies. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing at Amanda's reaction. Just for the record. Um, so, the reason for displacing the original graves was to make way for the construction of the Cape Cod Canal. The mix-up of graves is what has contributed to the ghost stories told by the locals. So, the Sagamore Cemetery is the final resting place of a local businessman who haunted the grounds for many years, and his name was Isaac Heap. Uh, Captain Alicia Bourne, this is a male, um, it's spelled E-L-I-S-H-A. Um, he, okay. he was not the same Bourne that the town was named after, just 
putting that out there, but he was a Civil War vet, um, and he's believed to be disturbed by this grave mix-up. There have been reports of people who feel that ice-cold grip around their bodies when visiting the cemetery, and people have reported seeing a man in a top hat wandering around, and he would disappear whenever people tried to approach him. Oh, fuck no. Yeah. Um, so others have claimed to have captured orbs and shadowy figures on their camera roll. Typical haunted graveyard stuff. Yeah. Um, a little quick story I'd like to mention involves a man named Emery Ellis. He was a man who lived in the early 20th century, and he was known to smoke cigars. Just remember that for later. Um, his family had a plot in the Sagamore Cemetery that was in the path of the canal construction. Officials ordered that the plot and those buried there were to be moved, but Emery was not having it at all. He would stand at the plot with a shovel and a shotgun, and this was his attempt to protect his family's final resting place. He was eventually offered enough money that he allowed his family members to be moved, but to this day, the smell of cigar smoke is prevalent in the cemetery, and this is believed to be Emery's spirit lingering the grounds. Still upset about moving the graves of his family members. Ooh. Spooky scary. So, that was pretty much it for the Sagamore Cemetery. Also, I tried looking for a picture of the tree. I even, like, I'm, like, looking on Google Maps right now at their street view going around the cemetery to see if I can I think find might... this tree. And I can't find it. It's probably, like, in the middle probably, or something. Yeah. We, we can go. We We're can go, go down Sagamore Bridge and get, like. Mary Lou's coffee and Fuck yeah. go walk around. I'm gonna go to fucking see Walk the Sam's. canal. Oh my god, pound on it. We're going. Yes. All right, so next, uh, we're gonna be talking about the old burial hill in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Oh shit. And we are very familiar with this graveyard, but I'm gonna tell you guys all about it. So isn't that the graveyard that we used to park at when we worked at San Diego? Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, God. Yep, yep. We had some fun times. We had some great times. So all the locals know about the cemetery. Burial Hill is located in historic downtown Plymouth. And it still continues to be the stomping grounds and hangout spot for local residents and teenagers. Uh, if you grew up in Plymouth, it, uh, blah, 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 blah. back up, Jen. If you grew up in Plymouth, you've definitely hung out downtown and hung around the graveyard, just hanging on the stairs, being hooligans. Oh, yeah. Causing trouble. Um, so one entrance to the cemetery has these fucking never-ending stairs. Oh, my God. They're terrible. Oh, my God. If you want a butt workout, go, it go is, run up those stairs. They say it's on a hill. It's very much on a mountain. <laughs> it's very much on a mountain. <laughs> It's very much on the mountain, <laughs> and the steps are very steep. But once you get to the top, the view of the ocean and the tops of the buildings is pretty worth oh, it. Oh, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful in my when opinion. you're sitting up there. Yep. And it's see. so sad because when you walk through there at night, it's so uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't walk through there at night. Only when the sun's out. Um, so Burial Hill is 165 feet above sea level, and it served as a lookout post for the pilgrims initially. It wasn't until the 1670s that the hill was used for burial purposes, and a majority of the gravestones were British-made and were shipped by boat to Plymouth. Fun fact. Not cool, so fun. I did not know that. The older surviving gravestone dates back to 1681. Damn. Yeah, I don't know where it is, but 
I know somebody knows where it is. Tell us. Um, I, I bet know we can find it. Some local person is probably knows where it is. Oh yeah. I bet. Um, one of the no- one of the most notable gravestones belongs to Governor William Bradford, who served as governor of Plymouth Colony. Governor Bradford. Governor Bradford. You say? Governor. Do you Bradford. think he lived at the the governor? The Bradford Inn before it was those apartments. He stayed there when he would visit Plymouth and be a tourist. Maybe that was his house. Yeah, maybe. No, it was his house. Do you think he liked the Ziggies and got ice cream? <laughs> I think he went to Tavern on the Wharf and got some chicken tacos oh, and then yeah. went to Ziggies. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> I hate us. <laughs> so, a little bit about William Bradford. He was born in. Osterfield, Yorkshire, England. I hope I said that correctly. In March of 1588, he was the second signer and the primary architect of the Mayflower Compact. He is also known as historian of Plymouth County because of a journal he wrote that was later named, quote, History of the Plymouth Plantation that explained the history of the pilgrims in the original settlement in Plymouth. Yeah, we're going to talk about Mr. William Bradford in my... uh... Oh, in yours? In my episode. Yeah. Not my episode coming up, but in my Bridgewater Triangle episode. I'm just giving you a little brief overview. I mean. For cemetery purposes. That's what what they want us to think. And I'm just going to leave it at that until Amanda does her episode. Yeah. (laughs) She'll go into it. Um, She'll say that, you know, they did a lot of grave desecrating before they made Oh, yeah, and you know what? Here. His book, History of the Plymouth Plantation, they don't even call it Plymouth Plantation anymore. They renamed yeah. it, so. It's uh, the Patuxet uh, Museum. Plymouth Patuxet Museum. Yep. Which Plymouth Patuxet is actually historically accurate to what the this area was known as back in the 1600s. Yeah, they've been uh, changing things over the years. There's going to be a couple things that come up in, in this that you're going to be like, you know, it's okay. I'll, I made uh, a face. I didn't describe she did. my she, feelings. She made my like my eye roll and then like flailed her arms. Um, but it's okay. We'll save it no, for my it's history okay. spinoff. It's okay. So, but you know, he did write a book about the settlement and how it started. Apparently, so uh, during cool. the winter of 1656-1657, Bradford fell quite ill, and he told his friends and families that he believed he was close to death. And he died on May 8th, 1657. Um, sorry, he told his family and friends on May 8th, and then he died the next day, May 9th. Damn. Yeah, so he's like, I'm going to die. And they're like, and oh, no, no, knew. William, you, Billy, you won't die. And I'm he like, died the next chill, day. Ah, chill, man. Don't be so dramatic. <laughs> Let's go down to uh, the fucking New World Tavern and get a beer. I love it. <laughs> you didn't laugh at my joke. It's great. You didn't laugh at my joke. I never liked New World Tavern. Okay, um, Main Street. Speedwell. I don't know. <laughs> Tell me a bar you like downtown. <laughs> I really never went to many of the bars downtown. <laughs> that was so bad. And every time anyone else wanted to drink downtown, it was always, let's go to San Diego's and get margaritas. Uh, yeah. And I was like. Or like T-Bones. Oh my God. T-Bones, T-Bones is trash. I don't care. People love T-Bones. I don't care what anyone says. T-Bones in Plymouth is garbage. trash. I've said what I said. Garbage. said what I said. So let's get back to it. So Burial Hill is also home to a small gravestone belonging to Caleb Cook. Do you know who Caleb Cook is, Amanda? No. Okay. I don't know if this is entirely true, but this is just in the book, so I'm just going off what the book said. 
Um, he apparently was the soldier who killed King Philip and the, the Wampanoag leader who led the natives in King, Willip, King Philip's war. Um, and basically why most of New England is haunted. Yes. Um, in a battle in Providence, Rhode Island, Caleb shot and killed King Philip and took his gun. Okay. I don't know if that's true. So, yeah. So, King Philip did die in a, I want to say it was Bald Hill, the Battle of Bald Hill, which is in Rhode Island. Okay. And then Might his, not be Providence, his, though. It, it Could be. Essentially, that area, probably what is now Providence Your in apartment. Day, definitely was not near my okay. apartment. Okay. How do you know? Um, I, I don't know. He could have. I, I feel like this building would be much more haunted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, go on. <laughs> uh, but then his uh, predecessor, Anawan, was the one who took over, and he was captured at Anawan, what's now known as Anawan's Anawan Rock, Rock okay, yep. in Taunton, okay. Massachusetts. All right. Uh, and unfortunately, because the Native Americans were unable to capitalize on their many wins, because we, honestly, they almost pushed the European settlers back out to sea several times. They almost won. They had just managed to get a little more manpower for some from some other tribes and really like capitalized on their the battles that they won we would be fucking recording this podcast from like somewhere in europe right now amanda goes deep just saying just saying cut you off there that's fine uh i know that our um our recording thing only lets us record in like 30 minute segments so sometimes we get a little uh carried away get a little carried away but i will definitely go further in depth in all of that uh, yeah so all of king philip's war so basically in king, another episode yeah so this guy was just the guy who apparently shot king philip yeah, which honestly i can't remember let me know in, in name, your research but, when yeah. it comes up if it's caleb cook let me know i will so he after he killed King Philip, he took his gun, and this gun was a treasured heirloom in the Cook family for hundreds of years. I believe it. They yeah. uh, they took a lot of heirlooms from the Native they Americans, did. including body parts, and would put them on display in pubs. Yeah, well, that, well I, wait. Oh boy. So after King, literally, it's the next part. <laughs> after King Philip was killed, his body was drawn and quartered, and yeah. his decapitated head was brought back to Plymouth, where it was put on stake and displayed for over thirty years. Yes. Yep. Yep, that is what they did. Um, I believe it is the guy who killed Anwan took up, I want to say it was his hands or something, a, a body part of his, and he used to, like, bring it out, like, you know, when he was fucking entertaining people in his parlor. Weird. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, like, look at this fucking, like... Arm. Yeah, this Gross. ear that I have or something. Like, it, you know, and that was a common thing. So that, I mean, that stems from, like, medieval times that's like, getting drawn and quartered and then putting your enemies heads on a stake at the entrance of your fortress was a way to you know assert your dominance i guess okay well, <laughs> Jen's like jesus christ i'm over that so i think you're gonna like this little tale i had never heard this before Ooh, um there is, is there's a local there's a <laughs> Like that's safe. I love that. <laughs> there is there is a local legend of a witch known as Mother Crew. 
Ooh. Have you heard of this? No. Many people believe she was responsible for putting many people in their graves in Burial Hill. She was avoided by the townsfolk as they thought she was responsible for dying crops, ships crashing into the coast, and even a smallpox outbreak. Imagine just being like a lady living in town by yourself, just trying to do your damn thing, and everybody's like, you're the reason that the ships keep crashing into the harbor. Like, <laughs> it's so fucking it's so annoying. ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. So <laughs> Sorry, one, guys. One, one Plymouth resident, his name was Southland Howland, which... That's a lot. That's a mouthful. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> Southland Howland? <laughs> yes. You gotta be fucking with me. No. That's what the book said. His parents must have hated him. <laughs> Southland Howland. That's like fucking Northwest. I don't want to know <laughs> what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking can't. I don't want to know what his middle name is. Probably like Rockland. Westland. <laughs> Eastbound. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. I hate you. Downtown. Stop. <laughs> Sorry. Upper East Side. Yep. Okay. Ooh, I'm crying. I can't see my nose. <laughs> so Southland had the balls himself to, you know, walk up to Mother Crew's front door and demand that he was the rightful owner of the property she lived on and that she give it up to him oh okay sure so sorry the reason it was in a desirable location it's probably on like warren ave or some shit the reason he was a man and she was a woman (laughs) yeah probably (laughs) sorry sorry um when she told him he had no right to the property he replied by telling mother crew that he would tear down her cabin in the days to come her response was, quote, on Friday, they'll dig up your grave on Burying Hill. She, the quote said burying. So I don't know. You, you know, in the olden days, they, they probably called the it words. the Burying Hill. Too. Yeah. They probably weren't like, oh, well, like art. They probably weren't using yeah. cemeteries names, you know. Cause people fucking shat in pots and threw it out a window. Yeah. So. Um, she said, I see the shadows closing around you. You draw it in with every breath. Quick, home and make your peace. Her black cat jumped on her shoulder, hissing at Howland. This is when um, my my boy say my my notes say little bitch boy got on his horse and went home. <laughs> <laughs> um, late, well, he didn't believe her, but I'm calling him a little bitch boy because who are you to like go up to Fuck a witch's you, house? Yeah, <laughs> and and demand shit. Um, so he was found lying on the ground, not far from Mother Crew's home. Good. His sudden death was unexplained and forever remained a mystery. And he was buried that Friday on in Burial Hill. Yeah, he just died like she from said. a bitch called Karma. Pretty much. Um, a story of a young sailor, also cursed by Mother Crew, has also been told. The sailor was named Ansel Ring, and he sailed on the General Arnold under the command of Captain James McGee of Boston in 1778. Okay. The day after Christmas, uh, this year brought a terrible blizzard to Plymouth Harbor. The ship dropped its anchor offshore, and they hung around the area of White Flats, which is a sandbar in the harbor. Okay. Freezing cold waves pummeled the ship, and the crewmen were ordered to put rum in their shoes to avoid getting frostbite. Okay. I mean, alcohol can't freeze. Is that the theory behind it? I guess. Did they know that back then? I, 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 I I'm know. assuming that was their, because, yeah, obviously they knew alcohol didn't freeze. They, if you 
they put it on ice and it doesn't freeze and it doesn't freeze, but that doesn't. I don't know. That, that doesn't they stop had, your This was feet. a long time ago. This is That's just going to make your feet wet, which is going to make your body cold, which will make you freeze. Yep. Um, but, but okay. Many drank the rum and said, uh, which yeah, I would that, too. That would help more than <laughs> just pouring it into your yeah. shoes. Um, but they quickly died. The remaining yeah. crew did whatever they could to survive the night, and their screams for survival could be heard from the Plymouth settlement. Oh, fuck. That. Yeah. Um, come morning, 72 dead bodies were discovered on the ship. Whew. Yeah. And these bodies were just piled on the floor of the courthouse for religious services, and a mass grave is dug on Burial Hill. Fun. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, there was no complete list of the names of those who perished. They didn't like have records of awesome. everybody on board. It's 1778. Yeah. I, I yeah, believe it. They weren't, you know. Um, but there is the a monument marked well in the kept. grave of these sailors, and it can be found at the far edge of the cemetery near the Russell Street parking lot, which is now oh, that parking garage. Yeah. Um, there. So we could go find it easily, probably. There are tales from the locals who claim to see the image of the General Arnold, the ship. Um, describing it as a phantom ship or a mirage, Ooh. like coming into the harbor. The I've never flying Dutchman ghost ship. <laughs> the flying Dutchman. The flying Dutchman. <laughs> I need to sit here one day and just watch SpongeBob. Do you, can do you stream it? Right? Can you do you have it? Can you watch I think it? So I might. I think it's on Paramount. I might have Paramount Plus. I might. I might have. have de- I might have deleted Plus. it. I had it. I just can't remember if I, I I did some like purging and I got rid of a bunch of streaming channels that I don't use often. So I'll look for obscure horror movies and then sign up for free trials and delete it and then delete it or forget about them. And then like all of a sudden I'm like, what's this four ninety nine charge? What AMC? And then, you know, have to go. Then I go delete it. Yeah. Um, Um, Really bad. Let me know. We'll have a SpongeBob day. But Yeah. We'll have to look. But anyway. Yeah, definitely. Um, visitors of the cemetery claim to have seen shadow people walking the grounds, lurking between the trees. I believe that. Ghost tours are offered in Plymouth, and part of the tour is walking through Burial Hill, which you do it at night. I've never been. I've always wanted to. I don't know why I've never done it. I've never been on one of those ghost tours, but I've walked through them accidentally. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my shift when i was a terrible waitress at san diego's <laughs> well they're closed now so True. it doesn't matter <laughs> I, guys i was such a bad waitress no I was you weren't really, i was bad well that was, was like 10 bad. years ago <laughs> i dropped a whole ass plate of food on some lady i dropped three mammoth margaritas on one girl it's all I had good a friend who, uh, it was his first day waitressing and he dropped a soda on a baby's head <laughs> Why? i'm sorry <laughs> People probably think I'm an asshole because I laughed like that. I laughed too. I feel like I would laugh if it was my own baby. The dad laughed. The mom okay, did good. not. I feel like me and Andrew's parents. The baby was fine, by the way, the baby, everybody. Just the so baby you know. Laughed. The baby lived, but it was covered in hope, Pepsi. I would hope the baby lived. Oh my god. I'm sorry, we're we're not as morbid as we come off. No, we're not. Uh, we're okay. very sweet, caring people. All but right. yeah, the... let's get through Burial Hill. Yes, sorry. It's okay. Um, so there I guess um besides these tours and people seeing the shadow people, 
There's also a building close to the cemetery that is rumored to be haunted and that the top floor was used by medical students who would use fresh bodies from the cemetery as cadavers. Oh, shit. Don't know how true that is, but I thought that was interesting. Throw I mean, in there. That is something that, that medical students would do back in the day is if people died very quickly. Because, like, think about it. Where else are you going to get bodies to work well, on? I, well, wait, wait, wait. I have a story later. Oh, shit. Okay. It's in this. So I mean, like I know nowadays I will tell you make, like synthetic, you know, things to help with certain. I think stuff, I think but... Alana when she went to PT school, I think they had like real but yeah, bodies. They still do like people if you people if will donate their body to science. Yeah, that's if you're awesome. an organ donor or like you donate your body to science, and that's that is what they do with it. Um. So the last part of Plymouth I want to talk about is Coles Hill. You know what Coles Hill is? Coles Hill? It is the hill across the street from Plymouth Rock. Oh, okay. Yep. I never knew that that hill had a name. Yep, I Coles just... Hill. At the top of the hill um, has that statue, that, yeah. that fun statue of Massasoit. Yep. yep. Um, it re- Is it Sachem? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it reads, to the statue, it reads, Great Sachem of the Wampanoag Protector and Preserver of the Pilgrims, 1621. Erected by the Improved Order of Red Men as a Grateful Tribute, 1921. Interpret that how you will. Um, but it's literally just like at the top of the cell. I don't. Fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll talk about Massasoit. And yeah, that's I'm not going too deep into it, but we, we will get into it. Yeah. But nearby is this like sarcophagus as it's described yes um which contains the bones of pilgrims that were found at various times near its location oh shit that i don't know how true that is but that's what the book said oh, i feel like that's just gonna be my line also a very, <laughs> uh, i don't know if it's still there anymore but there's a very shitty wax museum it's not there anymore it's condos course it is imagine living in the old wax museum everything's fucking i would not that sounds terrifying yeah they are um so uh this sarcophagus thing was put by the put there by the general society of mayflower descendants in 1920 must have been their 300 year celebration a part of the inscription reads the monument marks the first burying ground of plymouth of the passengers of the mayflower so basically, before Burial Hill, there was Coles Hill, and I personally, a thousand percent, believe that there are still remains buried in Coles Hill. Oh, absolutely. So just remember that next time you're sitting there watching the Fourth of July fireworks, I've rolled down that hill. Yeah, I've rolled down that hill many a times. From my childhood, walking on that rock wall at the bottom yep. of the hill. Yep. Same. Oh, there are bones in that hill. All right, so let's move on. I think, I think we've talked enough about that. Um, really cool graveyard, though. Go visit it if you can. Yes. Um, so we're going to move on to Mayflower Hill Cemetery in Taunton, Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Do you know okay. about this one? I do. Do you know about the story? I don't. Okay. okay. So located in Bristol County lies Mayflower Hill Cemetery, a garden-style cemetery close to the town center. A large family monument lists the deaths of a family, and we're going to focus on specifically, I think her name's Viva or Veva. I'm going to go with Viva, B-E-V-A. Viva L. Johnson, and she was born on October 28, 1880, and she died on April 26, 1884. Okay. So three and a half years old. 
Um, the family monument is said to be easy to locate because it's right next to a cement rocking chair that has a sign that reads, Her Vacant Chair. Oh. The legend goes that Viva's mother would scold her when she would get in trouble, and she would make her sit on a chair in the corner. Typical childhood punishment. Yeah. Um, but her mother would leave and go to the store and would expect her to still be sitting there when she got back. One day, as Viva sat punished in her corner, her mother not home, the house caught fire. And Viva perished in this fire. Oh, shit. However, there is no record of this. And the facts say that she died in the next town over, um, Raynham, uh, at age three from a spinal disease. Okay. So what about the rocking chair? Yeah. Occasionally, small gifts and toys will appear in the chair, and it's said that the ghost of Eva plays with these toys. Um, but during that time, empty chairs and beds were a symbol of the loss of life or a presence being missed. Oh, fuck. Okay. Yep. So that's that. Um, and now this is one I think you're really going to be like, what the fuck? So this one is about the body snatcher of Hamden County. The body snatcher? The body snatcher. We're going to okay. talk about some grave robbing that happened out in Springfield, Massachusetts from 1826 to 1830. Um, the details are documented in this book that is kept in the Springfield Library written by Dr. Alfred Ruth who was a reporter for the Republican newspaper out of Springfield. It states that Dr. W.L. Loring, who got his education from Harvard Medical School, did not have a very successful practice. So, sorry your Harvard education didn't get you very far. Um, he needed a new and fast way to make some money, and he found this with a little help from the dead. The Pittsfield Medical College in Pittsfield, Mass., needed more bodies for cadaver dissections. But had limited resources to get these bodies. Dr. Loring cultivated a plan and an evil scheme to supply the demand of the bodies to the program. So on February, in February of 1826, Jonathan M. Malthrop, um, trigger warning, um, he hanged himself and was buried in a nearby cemetery. Okay. Um, February 25th, his grave lay empty, and this left the community shocked. So he's buried, and then... His body He's was not gone. there anymore. Yep. Um, so his body was found near the home of Dr. Loring by the armory. Many people had their suspicions that the body was removed by Dr. Loring, but there were no witnesses. Oh, shit. Um, this made citizens become more protective of their loved one's graves. It would stake out in the cemetery on the lookout for anyone who looked suspicious. One grave was specifically watched over, um, and this was that of Mrs. Hamilton of Chickpea Falls. Mrs. Hamilton had taken her own life and had little injuries to her body. And this was exactly the candidate that Dr. Loring was looking for, freshly deceased with little to no injury. Dr. Loring was seen with two of his students approaching the grave, unaware that they were being watched. One of the lookout men shouted, what do you want there? Driven by fear, the fear of getting caught, they fled. But just a few days later, the doctor and his buddies went back to the grave and when they saw the coast was clear, they stole Mrs. Hamilton's body. After this, the community became reluctant to burying their deceased loved ones, especially those who committed suicide, since Dr. Loring made it obvious those were the victims he was targeting. Um, another grave was robbed from the Elm Street Cemetery, and this was the body of William Nevers. Following an investigation, Dr. Loring and 
his grave robber crew were arrested. No, uh, Never's body was found in Westfield before it had the chance of being transferred to Pittsfield. Um, and this is when it was decided that a tomb should be built to protect the dead. Uh, Dr. Loring's trial took place in May of 1819, and the governor's council felt that Dr. Loring's work was not wholly unworthy because, you know, he was don't he was given bodies to the yeah, schools. It was for science. <laughs> and he was fined five hundred dollars. Don't know what that is in today's money, but yeah, probably like a couple grand slap on the wrist, essentially. The following years, the community was still suspicious of Dr. Loring and continued to blame him for strange occurrences. His reputation was destroyed and whatever was left of his career and he drove his family into poverty, pretty much. He ended up dipping out on his family, leaving his wife and kids behind. And it is unknown how many graves there are empty because of him in Hamden County. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. That's a fucking crazy one. Yeah. Just um, fucking snatching up bodies left and right. Like, what? Now, this one's, like, not, like, super, like, spooky, but... I thought it was a fun story. So we're going to go up to New Hampshire and we're going to talk about the Meeting House Burial Grounds in Henniker, New Hampshire. Okay. It's not really far from where I live. It's like midway between like Keene and like Manchester, I guess. The I think. House. Sounds so colonial. Um, so Mary Wilson Wallace was born at sea aboard the ship called the Wolf just oh. outside of Boston on July 28, 1720. This ship carried Scottish-Irish immigrants to New England and was captured by a pirate by the name of Don Pedro. Oh, shit. Don was a dick and didn't give a fuck who was on that boat. He was going to pirate the shit out of it. I am the captain now. <laughs> um, and he, he would have killed anyone for his own personal gain. No fucks given. Um, this was until he learned of the newborn child that was on board, and he asked her mother baby's mother elizabeth if she would name her new daughter mary after his beloved mother no and if he did he would let the ship go mrs wilson agreed to this and i mean imagine if she was like nah i want her to be named edith well i I mean i was like the name request wasn't that outlandish everyone this time was named mary yeah so i would have been like okay i was gonna name her that anyway right exactly (laughs) um don pedro left the ship returning once more bringing gifts one of these gifts was some green Chinese silk that he asked that um, Mary have a wedding dress made out of this fabric when she got married one day. Ooh. After arriving in Boston, uh, Mr. Wilson died. His widow and daughter continued their journey to Londonderry, New Hampshire, where they settled and Mrs. Wilson eventually remarried. As a girl, Mary was described as being very tall with long red flowing hair with a wonderful personality and perfect manners. She was known as Ocean Born Mary. Uh, in December of 1742, Mary married a Scottish immigrant named James Wallace. Her wedding gown was made from the screen fabric that was, giving, that was given to her by the pirate. Um, and a piece of her wedding dress is actually in the Henniker Public Library. Mary lived a long life and passed away on February 13, 1814, and she's buried in the cemetery behind Henniker's original town hall. Her grave is easy to find. There is a small plaque at the base of her grave that reads Ocean Born Mary. And from what I read, this is a beautiful cemetery. And I believe um, that because, you know, if you've ever been to a classic New England cemetery in the fall. Yeah. Um, you, you just beautiful. know. You just fucking know. 
Uh, many stories of a ghostly presence have been reported, and many believe it's Mary. Ooh. Two police officers in the 1960s apparently witnessed a spirit rise from Mary's grave, climb aboard a phantom carriage, and ride across the town. Oh, shit. Yep. Two police officers, so it has to be true. Oh, yeah. Of course it is. <laughs> of course. Either that or if it's on Facebook. Yep. Immediately true. Immediately true. <laughs> Others have reported feeling the presence of a spirit while standing at her grave. Um, and a man named August Roy of Wisconsin bought the house that Mary lived in in Henniker as a child, and he opened it up for tours. He told visitors of a rocking chair that sat by the fireplace that would rock on its own. He even states he saw Mary standing at the, sub- at the top of the staircase. The house was investigated by paranormal expert Dr. Hans Holzer, who agreed that the house was haunted. That's it on that. Ooh. Um, Is her house still open for tours? Probably. We'll have I to didn't look, look it that. up. So these last two, you already know. Okay. We covered one before. We had a whole episode on it. I have to burp. Hang on. Is it the vampire panic? You knew it! The vampire panic! I had a feeling. So this is the cemetery. Uh, where Mercy Brown is buried. So it's either called the Chestnut Hill Cemetery yeah. or Historical Cemetery Number 22. Yep. Depends on your source. Um, so this cemetery is located behind Exeter's Chestnut Hill Baptist Church on Route 102, and it is up on a hill surrounded by some dark, spooky woods. It is. Um George Brown and his family, uh, made up of his wife and five children, lived on a small family farm in rural rural Exeter. Rural is such a hard word to say. It is. Um, on December 8th, 1883, George's wife Mary died of consumption, as we know consumption. is tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. Yes. Tuberculosis. <laughs> Ooh, it's 1030 at night. Um, <laughs> uh, and she was only 36. On June 6, 1884, just six months later, George's eldest daughter, Mary Olive, also passed from consumption. George's only son, yep, his son Edwin ended up contracting the disease, and he made his way to Colorado Springs in the hopes to find a cure during the mineral water craze of the 19th century. Yes. I'm glad this is all correct. I'm, like, looking at you for affirmation. It is all correct. It wasn't long after that that his sister, Mercy, became ill. Mercy passed on January 18th, 1892, when she was just 19 years old. Since it was a winter, her body could not be buried as the ground was frozen, so her body was placed in a crypt. Yep. She was eventually buried in the family plot in Chestnut Hill Cemetery. And George, distraught by losing his wife, two daughters, and may soon lose his son, felt that he needed to find a way to put an end to this plague. It had it to be up the vampires. To him. He, he decided that it was not consumption killing off his family, but it was a vampire. Not only was it a vampire, but he believed that the vampire could be his wife or his daughter, Mercy. Yep. So their bodies were exhumed, and Mary's body was found to be decomposed and how they expected. And when they extracted Mercy's body, they found that her body was still, quote, fresh. Those and, pesky women turning into vampires yep. and witches the fucking horror um but she also appeared to have shifted in her coffin probably because she was tossed around and exhumed yeah um yeah 
So when the doctor cut out Marcy's heart, they found that there was still blood in it. Her heart was placed on a stone in the cemetery and was burned. And the ashes were mixed with medicine and given to Edwin Brown to cure his consumption. Yep. Guess what, guys? Guess what? And my next line is, as we already know, this did not save Edwin. And he died two months later on May 9th, 1892. George Brown died in 1922 at age 80, and he is also buried in the family plot. Wait, 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 wait. So you mean that the the organ ash and water elixir didn't cure his tuberculosis? No. Weird. Yep. That's so sad. It's, su- it's such modern medicine. So weird Usually how it didn't it works work. Right away. It just <laughs> clears that right up. Instant. They, they didn't get the instant kind. That's it's like why. The, it's like mucinex for it. <laughs> Oh, God. So the crypt where Mercy's body was examined is just a few steps from the Brown family plot, but there is debate on which rock it was exactly that her heart was burned. Who knows if that even happened? Oh, we, it happened. It happened. Like the, yes. that whole thing that actually was, happened. That was a common practice that they would. A hundred years ago. The heart and lungs, and then they would burn those and then that ash would be used to make an elixir That's so to cure whoever was being afflicted by the curse of this vampire the curse it also worked for witches too and 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 by worked i'm using that very loosely they thought it worked uh so mercy's grave is the most visited in the cemetery and people Told you guys it was late. (laughs) People often leave gifts and little tokens for her. And cough drops. And cough drops. Locals say that her ghost still walks around the graveyard and can be seen most often in the month of October under the moonlight. Spooky. Others believe that if you knock on Mercy's gravestone three times, she will appear and speak to you. Spooky scary. Spooky scary. Spooky scary. Now, this one, I didn't know what it was until, like, I was, like, reading and got to the details and got to the end of it. You've told me about this. So, this is the, we're going to go to Vermont. This is our last graveyard of this episode. Um, If you guys like these graveyard episodes, let me know. Uh, I have a whole book full of them. We can always do another episode in the future. Um, so we're going to be talking about the Evergreen Cemetery in New Haven, Connecticut. Ooh. Um, located in the rolling hills of the small town of New Haven, Vermont, lies Evergreen Cemetery. Wait, uh, New Haven, Vermont or New Haven, Connecticut? You just said both. Oh, it's New Haven, Vermont. Okay. Everything's Vermont. It's because I know there's a New Haven, Connecticut. That's okay. I just wanted to make sure. Nope, this is Vermont. Cool. Sorry. It is Vermont. Vermont. It says Vermont one, two, four times in here. Um, the cemetery is home to the grave of Dr. Timothy Clark Smith, who yes. who died in 1893, and his gravestone stands out amongst the others. The dude who was afraid. Shh, shh, shh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going. I got it right here. I got the story. Sorry, guys. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> um, Dr. Smith lived a fulfilling life, traveling all over the world. He worked as a school teacher. He served as a clerk for the Treasury Department. He even became a surgeon in the Russian army. And after his time in Russia, he returned home to Vermont. And 10 years later, he suddenly died on Halloween night. Apparently, he had gotten up, eaten his breakfast, and was suddenly stricken. Quote, stricken. I wanted to use that exact quote. I should envision, like, this dude eating a bowl of cereal, standing up and going, like, like, (laughs) and just collapsing. (sighs) 
At least he got his cereal, at least. Yeah. I mean. Hopefully it was good. Hopefully it was, like, some Fruity yeah. Pebbles or some shit. Yeah. So, um, Dr. Smith, as Amanda knows, had a fear of being buried alive. Which, same, bro. Same. This fear has a name, and it's called tapophobia or taphophobia? Taphophobia. Taphophobia. T-A-P-H. Um, and this is actually quite common. This is a quite common fear among those who lived in the 19th century. Um, and he made sure that those in charge of his remains uh, take certain precautions to prevent him from being buried alive. First, they, they delayed the burial as long as possible just to make sure he was really dead. They wanted to make sure he was like dead dead and not just like regular dead. Not just like faking it or like sleeping or like <laughs> playing possum. <laughs> faking it. <laughs> um, a burial vault was built, which was overseen by his son Harrison. And this is basically just like a viewing window on the top of his like grave. Like mm-hmm. he's buried, but you can look down from the ground and like And the, see yeah, there's like a little tunnel through that, through the window. Through the window looking down at him. Um Dr. Smith's grave is close to the front of the cemetery up on a low hill. Locals say you can still see his skeleton through the window with a hammer and chisel at his side so he could dig himself out if he was buried alive. Yep. It's crazy. Yep. It was a common thing. Uh, people also used to be buried with um, bells tied to their fingers. The bells would be like, there'd be like a little string tied to their finger. The bell would be outside next to their stone. That way, if they were alive and they, they could alert up somebody, they, were buried, they could alert somebody to come get them. Imagine if that was still a thing today. How fucked! Oh I God. remember reading that as a small child, and then immediately being like, "Holy shit, I'm gonna be buried alive! I gotta <laughs> stop this." Um, I guess now it is hard to see the remains clearly today, be- due to like condensation that's built up. I guess there's yeah. moss that's been growing inside of it. Um, there's pictures of it. And, like, it is, it's very, because the way the glass is, it's ve- there is, like, condensation because there's, like, layers of glass. So in between those layers of glass, condensation is built up over time, and it's kind of, like, been worn down by the sun. So the glass isn't as clear. It's a little yeah. bit foggy. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's, like, lichen and moss and stuff that's all kind of, like, over. But how crazy. But, oh, yeah. So these so are crazy. all some graveyards in New England that I thought had some fun little stories attached and New England's haunted as fuck and there's many many of these graveyards and let me know if you want to hear more I'll pull up my handy dandy library book that I'm holding it hostage from the rest of the town of Gilsom yep they can't have it all five library members are so upset right now is that five do you think it's five no it's probably more it's gotta be. I came home all proud. Andrew's like, "Where'd you go?" Because I can't text him when I'm at the town hall because there's no service. <laughs> and he was like, "So you just register in your car? You have to register your car at the town hall in New Hampshire." And um, I was like, "I joined the library," and I was like all proud. And I was like telling him how I was talking to the lady, and she's like part of the rec committee. And I told her how I wanted to like eventually run the town bingo and becoming part of the community, Amanda. I love it. I love that for you. Thank you. I'm sure Andrew made fun of you. He did. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I can wear my um, my uh, library card loud and proud. And... I'm going to get you a lanyard to wear around here. <laughs> yeah, <with it>. please. <laughs> please do. 
And oh, God, I'm trying to be great. a townie. I'm just kidding. I love it. I love All that All right, well, you. Amanda has a crazy story that I am waiting to hear. So yeah. we're so going to we wrap it up with right this one. So record more for yeah. you guys. So take it away. Stay spooky. Stay scary. And stay, stay safe. safe. Bye. Bye. See ya later.